Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. If you know me, you know I'm a romantic by heart. Like, one of the reasons why I like going to the Lagos Church, I won't claim that I like them more than you guys. Because this message is going to be recorded. <laughs> but one of the reasons why I like going there is because they have this rate of going into relationships. Like, <laughs> I would tell people it's prayer points. As far as I know, maybe you're, maybe you're in a relationship, I don't, I don't know about it. But I remember just going to Lagos for the first time in a while. And just seeing people, you know, like Noah's Ark, in twos. <laughs> In twos, and they just want to get your PL, and they will, not, they will not be giving you a sign. Or some of them will come officially, and it's, it's really beautiful. And because I'm a romantic at heart, it brings me a lot of joy. Like, I would tell people, the rate of entering relationship is not as much as Lagos, but God will do it for us. <laughs> In Jesus' name. If that is you, let your amen be the loudest. <laughs> some guys, you're sitting on beside a girl, you're like, you don't have to say big amen. You are using laugh to cover it. <laughs> so generally, I'm a romantic by heart. And I grew up reading a lot of romance novels. Those ones where somebody has bad character. When you first meet them, you hate them. But the moment your hands touch and you kiss, what's that song by Albus? The whole world stops and stares for a while. Like... <laughs> Like, in fact, the moment that chemistry is there, the person's bad character, their past, their inability to behave properly when outside, the things that make you incompatible, their faith, their beliefs, it's just, it's just wiped away. Like, that kiss just covers a multitude of sins and leads to, usually in all those books, because I'm going to be mentioning one word a lot today. The word is sex. How many of you have heard it before? Okay, good. So that's amazing. And then it just leads to, so from the kiss, from the touch to the kiss to the earth-shattering sex. And in movies, it's just so sudden. Like the way you know the love is pure. Before you know they are hitting things and scattering everywhere. And I'm like, it doesn't really happen like this, but okay. And so that's the reason why... When I found Christian romance novels, it kind of got a special place in my heart because I was able to, to some extent, or to a better extent, understand the love of Jesus and its implication on our physical romantic relationships, on our romantic relationships, without necessarily just making it about chemistry and relationships. So today is the Abuja launch of my two-in-one Christian romance novel. <laughs> Loving Amanda and Finding Miriam. And what I've tried to do in these books is like what I've tried to do in all of my other books, but just in story formats, point you to Christ, praise the name of Jesus, and point you to how his love really should affect the way we relate to other people. And that is my introduction of the book. It's also the beginning of my message. Because many times we treat our real-life romantic relationships like their books or novels. And so usually, even in the Christian novels, as soon as the guy and the girl say, I love you, what's the next thing? Happily ever after. Right? 
And that's the reason why many of us are believers in Christian relationships. And you don't understand why after I love you, you love me too. It's not happily ever after. Because people don't always tell you that Christian couples also struggle. Christian couples also what? And that's what I want to talk about today. If, for example, you came to meet me and you said, I want to go from Abuja to Lagos. And I tell you, ah, it's not far now. See, it's even workable. You can track it. Just turn right, turn left. And you walk for an hour because you believed me. Won't you give up after one hour? But if you say, I want to travel from Abuja to Lagos, and I tell you, it's far. But this is how you can make it work. Why don't you buy a ticket instead? Praise the name of Jesus. Because many of us have believers have been told two things. Some people will tell you, maybe because of your parents' marriage, that a good relationship is impossible. Some other people would tell you, maybe not intentionally, that a good marriage is possible and is very easy. Praise the name of Jesus. And I've realized that being told that something is easy is as dangerous as being told that it's impossible. Praise the name of Jesus. So today's topic, I'm going to be talking about in Christ, in love, and in trouble. In Christ, in love, and in trouble. And I love fiction as much as the next person. But many times when a writer says happily ever after, what they actually mean is this is just the beginning. We're just starting. So let's talk a bit about the challenges that Christian relationships face. And the reason why this is important is because some of you are in relationships that are difficult, but you don't want to speak up because you feel every other person in church who is dating somebody has it perfect. And I'll forget one time many years ago, well, not many years ago, a few years ago, husband and I had this um, intense conversation. And you know why we use the term? Because pastors and their wives don't argue. They have what we call intense conversations. Yes, very intense. <laughs> And it was really crazy. In fact, as somebody who is supposed to be a relationship counselor, I felt embarrassed at myself that day. The things I said, I'm so happy God has forgiven me. <laughs> and so, first of all, I haven't listened to last week's message, so I'm only going to be sharing examples where I look like the bad person. Because I want to trust that pastor did not share any examples where he looks like the bad person. Okay, deal. So, after that intense conversation, we settled. Somebody apologized. I'd like to believe it was me because I'm just spiritual like that. And so we apologized to one another and we went out, had a good time. I took a picture and put it on social media. And one guy commented and he said, I've never seen any perfect couple, but these guys are the closest I've seen to perfection. And then he used hashtag couple goals and I called my husband and we laughed <laughs> we laughed and rolled ourselves on the floor because we understood what had happened before that picture was taken we were not trying to pretend that we had it all perfect do you understand what I'm saying because many times you compare your relationship your life with somebody's one minute Instagram video so while on one hand a good relationship and marriage is possible, while the relationship of your dreams is possible, you have to wake up and work on it. Praise the name of Jesus. 
Do you guys understand me this morning? All right, very good. So let me go quickly to why Christian relationships um, struggle. And the first one I'm going to talk about is a faulty foundation. What did I call it? I'm going to emphasize some parts of this message that I did not emphasize in Lagos last week because I didn't have enough time. So what I'd like you to do is to get Lagos' message, and I'll ask them to get this one, so that when you listen to both of them together, you have the whole picture. Okay? Psalm 11, verse 3. Psalm 11, verse 3. Are we there? Open your Bible. Psalm chapter 11, verse 3. Are we there now? Are we there now? All right. It says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Praise the name of Jesus. So under foundational issues, I'm going to point you to the first thing, which I call personal flaws. Personal flaws. There's this show I watch. How many of you like reality TV? Good, like me. So there's this show I watch. It's called Married at First Sight. Many of you have heard it. If you have not heard about it, there's no mystery there. You actually marry somebody that you just met. Like the first time, the first time you meet the person is when you are walking down the aisle. Or when the person, that, that, the first, as in when you get to this state, not this state, God forbid. When you get, <laughs> because it's such a silly, it's such a silly way to behave. But it's a TV show. So you marry this person and just meet. People will choose the person for you and all that, but you are the one committing the rest of your life to someone you've never met until the wedding day. Maybe you see life. Now, let's imagine that it was okay to do a show like that. It's not okay. And you came and you got to the aisle and they asked maybe you're a guy and you're about to remove the veil from the person's face or you're a girl and you're about to see the person who has been wearing that really cute tux backing you all the while. And forget how weird this is going to sound. I'm going somewhere. And you open the person's face and you see yourself. How many of you will marry you? No. It's like some people do not. How many of you will marry you? Yeah, you think you marry. <laughs> More often than not, you won't want to marry yourself. Because people say opposites attract. But what if you attract somebody like you? You don't know how to manage money. Then the person doesn't know how to manage money. And you have children. We are not really sure what that word faithfulness means. The person too is not sure. Then you marry each other. You are not really sure the definition of hard work. Like you've heard it randomly. But ah, usually just sleep by 10, wake up by 9. And both of you sleep by 10 and wake up by 9. Half of your life gone. And you are raising children together. See, marriage does not change people. It only amplifies who they really are. Like, when you get married, you are going to see your faults and that other person's faults in 3D. Brother, why were you not in church? Ah, I've been coming to that church since. Ordinary prayer points, he's not giving me to take. I'm not going again. Why have you not been, church, been in church? Ah, the way they looked at me, one usher like this. Like, do you know who I am? I'm like, no, do you? <laughs> Little things like that 
Marriage will not make you mature. Praise the name of Jesus. Marriage will not complete you. Some of us are, permit me to use the term, emotional wrecks. Once you are sad, you start breaking things. Once you are angry, nobody can talk to you. Marriage will not change you. There is no special portion that falls upon you the moment you say, I do. It doesn't make you a new man. So now that you are single, <laughs> now that you are single, you must learn to work on yourself. And like I told them in Lagos Church last week, you need to stop behaving like an unbeliever and saying, that's how I am. That's not how you are. Say, when I'm angry, I can't help myself. I just feel like injuring somebody. Why don't you hit your own head on the wall? Are you not somebody? And you say, that's, that's just how I am. That's just me. No, no, no. Who you really are is a born again what? Spirits. Who you really are is full of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. See, naturally I'm not patient. Which nature are you talking about? So many times, the reason why, reasons why we have issues in our relationships is because of our own personal flaws. And you will know you have a problem when I'm talking to you now and you are thinking about your partner and how they need to change. So if there are areas in your life that you feel you need to work on, start working on them. See, let me tell you, you're not an ordinary person. You have the Holy Ghost. That means you can be the best version of the best version of yourself. See, ah, you, can, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You're not a dog now. You're a human being. See, I've never really been a, a one-girl kind of guy. You have the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of Jesus. And so I want to correct that notion that we are all incomplete halves looking for that one person to complete us. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to stick as close to my nose as possible because we have a lot to cover. Colossians 2 verse 10, it says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So you are not somebody who needs a relationship to survive. Anytime somebody comes to meet me and says, I was in an unhealthy relationship, I wanted to break up, and the person threatened to kill himself or herself, I tell them, you have escaped. If somebody needs you to be complete, there's a problem. Praise the name of Jesus. So this is very, very important. If you would notice, I'm talking mostly to people in dating relationships. If you're in a dating relationship, if you are married, my advice to you is always different. And I'll go there. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. So under a faulty foundation, the first thing I said was personal what? So you need to work on yourself. You need to be honest with yourself. One person told you, it's like, it's like a rude it's like you're arrogant. Another person is telling you. My dad will always say, my dad is around. Yeah. Hi, daddy. <laughs> He'll always say, if three people tell you you are drunk, just lie down. <laughs> you know, he say, ah. say, it's because I'm confident. That's why people think I'm arrogant. And five people have told you. Praise the name of Jesus. The second foundational issue. Choice. Choice. This one, we have to read it together. First Samuel, 
If you have questions, please write them down. The ushers will pick them from you. God will help us to finish in time today. First Samuel 25, verse 3. I want us to read this together, so please open your Bibles. First Samuel 25, verse 3. Are we there now? All right, let's read together. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. And Abigail's beautiful, show them verse 4. And Abigail's beautiful countenance and good understanding made her husband wise. Is that there? You didn't see there? Check again. It's not in verse 4. That her beautiful countenance made her husband very wise. Okay, keep checking. Let me explain. I want to talk to those of you who choose somebody who does not behave like a Christian and think you will change them. And I want to let you know that is not possible. It's not there. I was just kidding. It's not there. Some people are still saying, hey, oh, hey, yeah. Let me, don't worry. If I cut you, I won't tell pastor. <laughs> it's not there. You see somebody that is not behaving like a believer. And you say, don't worry. You know, love covers a multitude of sins. You say, ah, if they can just experience this love, they will change. Thank you, assistant Holy Spirit. <laughs> somebody that the love of Jesus cannot change. That the Holy Spirit who is supposed to lead us into all truth cannot teach. Fourth person of the Trinity. <laughs> well done. I talk, I talk about this whole thing in my book, Dating Intelligence, so I'm not going to overflog it. So if you haven't read Dating Intelligently, please do. But that's by the way. Choice. When you choose the wrong person, there is a limit to how far you can be helped. Which is why... I'm more comfortable with talking to single people than to married people. The guy is beating you. You are dating. Please, kindly excuse him. They say, no, I just... So I was telling them in Lagos Church last week. Somebody came to meet me. Dating relationship. Dating relationship. The guy had cheated. They were supposed to be keeping themselves pure, but you know, it was a one-sided stuff. He had cheated four times. And she had finally walked up the nerve to break up with him and came to meet me and said, but I still feel God telling me. I said, will you keep quiet? Yeah. So I still feel God telling me that he's the one. Please, I want you to learn. See, I always say it's that courtship is the time to love intelligently, marriage is the time to love blindly. You are going to pray whether or not you like it in marriage. But like a man of God said, you either choose whether you want prayer points or prayer partner. So if you choose the wrong person, usually my advice to you, usually, and I've seen situations where somebody will be married and by God's grace, things will eventually turn around. But it's not really often. Maybe you can put your phone on silent. But it's not really often. So usually when you're married, my advice to you will be two. Who knows the, who knows the two? Okay. Number one, pray. Because prayer changes things. True or true? <laughs> Sometimes it takes a long time for prayer to change things. Number two, change. Because you can't change the other person, but you can change yourself. 
But when you are single, my advice for you, as in the, the options are limitless. This person is unfaithful. Break up. Before you be afraid that I will not get back together, do not look at me like I'm the bad person. See, and I started getting reports of people who I had advised in singleness when they were married, and I could only give them those two. If you are looking for a sign to live an unhealthy relationship, I want to let you know today, an unhealthy dating relationship, I want to let you know today that me, I personally, am your sign. I'm your sign. Somebody is not treating you well, and I'm not saying you people have disagreements and you fight, and once you fight, it's, that's the end. But someone is not treating you well. And I said, ah, it's just because God said, if not. I had a friend who was just in me. She was with this, she has broken up with him now. Thanks be to God, hallelujah. You know God is so good. <laughs> but at that time, <laughs> the guy told her that she was, he was dating her because um, God told him. And was really misbehaving. And then he told her friend, he said, you know, it's you I would have been dating. You know that God said, it's this girl. <laughs> Some people don't even have fear. So God told you, is that not the more reason why you should be more committed to this person? Praise the name of Jesus. So please, don't be in an unhealthy relationship and say God told you to stay there. God is not against you using your brain. When you want to lay hands on the sick, which hands do you use? Physical hands. In other words, the Holy Spirit works through these hands. Okay, good. When you want to speak in tongues, which mouth do you use? In other words, the Holy Spirit works through this physical. When you want to think, where do you use? Because your brain is working, doesn't mean God is not working. Eh? Please, are you understanding me? I'm speaking to Christians today. We've thought time and time again, I don't even want to overflow, how God will not necessarily choose for you, but with you. And that message is available. I think I thought it in Family Goals and Dating Intelligence. I won't overflow that. And then it's also in the book. I won't overflow that. But if you are in an unhealthy relationship, someone was telling me about somebody was with a man of God. The guy even had his own church. She got pregnant first time, abortion. Second time, abortion. Third time. And then the fourth time she doesn't want to do it, the guy is threatening now with Holy Spirit. Which Holy Spirit? Please, I want us to pay attention. And, I, and it's awesome that we come to church and we're joyful and we're happy, but sometimes we have believers going through stuff they feel nobody can relate to. That's an unhealthy relationship. And God is not against you using this place. He's the one that gave you. Praise the name of Jesus. When there is a foundational issue with your choice, it's not very easy to reconcile in marriage. Praise the name of Jesus. If you don't choose well from the very beginning, now that you are single, it's not going to be easy in marriage. And so you must learn to choose in line with God's will, with God's standards. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, there's so much I have to say, but I, I, need to, I need to go on and on. So, not only must this person be a believer, they must also live a life that is consistent with the faith they claim to profess. So, you don't say, I met him in church now. 
Uh -uh. Technical guy that used to carry that big speaker. You can't carry that speaker if you're not saved. It's not true. Please. <laughs> it's funny, but pay attention. A pastor said something that I, I could really relate with. He said, a church is like a hospital. Many people come there because they're sick. In other words, we all have our weaknesses, right? And he says some people are responding to treatment. Some are not yet responding. And if you don't find out very well, you assume that the person who looks the healthiest is the healthiest. Praise the name of Jesus. There's this joke my dad told me. It was a mental hospital. And they wanted to know, I hope you guys know if it's Bible, we can go in a lot deeper. But I want to gist with you this morning. Am I permitted to do that? Good. They wanted to test people who were feeling better. So they drew a house on the wall and said, all of you, enter the house. <laughs> and, <laughs> and mental health is a serious issue anyway, but this is just a random joke. It's not making dabs, um, jabs at mental health. And all of them rushed and entered, except one guy. <laughs> and they were like, ah, thank God, our years of hard work are finally paid off. Like, thank God, somebody's finally healed. And so they went to meet the guy as a better person now. <laughs> and they said, wow, well done, sir, congratulations. And he's like, ah, don't mind all those mad people. They are rushing to enter that house when I have the key right here. <laughs> And so when we're in church, we love everyone. Do you understand? We love everyone. We treat them with love and respect. You will never hear what you told me outside. Do you understand? You will never hear our counseling just outside. We will never judge. Do you understand? But some people are not yet at that stage where they are ready for a relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like Jesus, we can eat with tax collectors and sinners. Do you get? Like... Paul, we can bring Onesimus, that's his name, right, close by and mentor him till he grows. But when it comes to choosing the people who will be with you in the Garden of Gethsemane, when it comes to the person you will spend the rest of your life with, you choose Peter, James, and John. Not three of them, but you get the analogy. <laughs> very important. Very, very important. Praise the name of Jesus. So you must choose in line with God's will and God's standard. Somebody still asks about how to choose. And I feel like, well, how many of you have heard me teach on how to choose and why God will not choose for you? Ha, ah, good. I can't touch that one now. Maybe join the question and answer. If not, you may have to read the book and I have a blog post on it, but I, I will not be able to touch it now because it's long. Praise the name of Jesus. So the first thing I said was foundational issues, right? And I mentioned personal flaws and choice. Hmm? And I said marriage will not change anybody. Marriage does not change anybody. And that's very important for some extreme situations. When it comes to physical abuse, when it comes to faithfulness, marriage does not change people. If they have faith, they are going to change. Let them not use that faith to marry you. Let them use that faith to grow. Do you understand? And to overcome those bad habits. Do you get? And your love. If the love of Jesus shed on the cross for someone, you cannot change them. It's not your love, 20-year-old girl. That has not seen anything in life. It's not your love that would change this person. Comprend? 
Okay, very good. Is that the right way to pronounce it in French? Or is it comprende? <laughs> the second thing I'll talk about is tainted expectations. Tainted expectations and perceptions. And I hope you know that because something sounds cool doesn't make, mean that it makes sense. Makes it love. You know about love? Love is a feeling that you feel when you feel something you never ever... We are talking nonsense. Because it's nice. It sounds nice. doesn't mean it's true. Love is a feeling that you feel when you feel something you never... How will you now know the feeling if you've, if you've never felt it before? Praise the name of Jesus. And I have some of those expectations and perceptions here. Number one is that love is a feeling. Another one is that love is attraction. So once the chemistry is there... Let all the other things fade away. Glory. Another one, love is always fun. I have a witness. <laughs> Another one, once I love the right person, the work is over. There's another one, submission is slavery. I will give you guys one gist in response to this one. Another one, just random ones though. I will have my parents' marriage. That's another one. And this can be either a good thing or a bad thing. Because sometimes you grow up in a house where you really wish your parents would divorce. And they think they are staying together because of you. But you know they will be better. Not me, you. I had it very good. But you know that they will just be better apart and happier. But they are staying because of you. So you don't, you don't want to burst their bubble. There are also some, also some other good experiences where your parents actually love each other. Do you understand? But you go into marriage and you expect everything to be the exact same way your own parents' marriage was. And the shocker is that your partner also expects the marriage to be the way his own parents' marriage was. And you're not, both not from the same home. Praise the name of Jesus. So that's the reason why you must learn not to compare your relationships. At the base, the principles are the same, but every relationship is different. I'll try and talk about that. Another perception, all men are scum. Um, the people that say this, they know their type. Permit me to be as blunt with you guys as possible because you guys are family. Somebody came to meet me. Met a guy on Facebook. I'm getting married to him in October. That year, I can't remember. On Facebook. Won't you wait till you guys meet physically first? Okay, do you know? Like, is it that you know somebody who knew him and then said, no, 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 we're getting married and that's fine now? I'm not like, you know, some people seek for advice, not because they want advice. They just want you to tell them that they are right. And you say, I'm getting married, that's fine now. There's nothing anybody can do about it. Who am I? <laughs> it's those kind of people that say all men have come. Because they are advising you now. Say, ah, this one does not understand love. Thank you. Understand the mathematics. <laughs> Many times when you don't listen to, because more often than not, and this is not in every case, but more often than not, we get, we get the kinds of relationships that we deserve. And let me explain so that I'm not taken out of context. I don't mean that if you are with somebody that is abusive, you deserve that. Do you understand? But when you insist on staying in a situation that is not good for you, you are telling yourself that you deserve to be treated that way. Do you understand me? So many times that's all men has come thing. 
It's some people who don't really listen. First of all, we know all men are not scum. And secondly, if you thought all men are scum, you still keep going to date more. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Because w- what happens more often than not is when you think all men are scum, the criteria you put out there now becomes the criteria of I just want to be with somebody who has money I can take care of me because all men are scum. And you get that kind of person. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. So, love is a feeling. Love is not a feeling. It's a fruit of your born again spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It's not an emotion. How many of you think when Jesus Christ was on the cross and blood was coming out, he was having butterflies. Like, oh, this is so cool. I'm just on top of the world. And he was literally like on top of. He was like, I'm just on top of the world. Oh, see blood. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a commitment. Love is more of a commitment than anything else. It's not a feeling. And the feelings can be there. Do you understand? I I still feel like on the the good days when I've not annoyed him because he doesn't annoy me. No pastor is perfect. So on the good days when, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) On the good days, you still have those butterflies. But it's not... It has to be more than that. Praise the name of Jesus. It has to be a commitment. So love is not a feeling. In dating journey, I say that romantic love is a decision to mirror the union between Christ and the church and exclusively devote special affections to a member of the opposite sex who understands the love of Christ and is willing to do the same. The reason why this is long like this is because sometimes you understand the love of Christ and are willing to lay down your life. But you are going to choose somebody who does not understand the same thing. And you put yourself in trouble. Praise the name of Jesus. So love is more of a commitment than anything else. Love is not attraction. Let me give you an example. How many of you have heard us married people say, don't worry, just be patient. When you get married, you are going to have sex every day if you want. You've heard us say it. Don't worry, if you get married, you have sex every day if you want. (laughs) And so people assume that married people have sex every day and i'm sure a lot of us have sex every day married people though i'm going somewhere and so many times you choose a life partner based on the assumption that most of marriage is sex so you are choosing based on attraction because you think that marriage is generally sex so i know you guys don't have experience you guys are good awesome that's amazing but let me just ask you randomly. How long do you think an average sexual encounter lasts for? Two hours. One hour. Two hours, choir. Okay. <laughs> okay, 15 minutes. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm not just, I don't worry. 15 minutes. Okay. 30 minutes. You people, I'm not saying you, you are doing this. I'm just saying we should guess. Guess. Gina, do guess. It depends. <laughs> okay. Let's say one hour. So how, how many percentage of 24 hours is one hour? I'm not calculating because I don't know mass. I'm waiting for you guys. It's less than 5%. Let's assume it's 5%. So you are choosing somebody only based on attraction because you think... Most of marriage is sex. But then you now realize that even if you are doing it every day, 
which let me just give you an idea sometimes because of my kids i don't have time to use the restroom that's just by the way sometimes i'm holding them while i eat that's just by the way but let's just assume that there's one hour a day dedicated to sex in marriage five percent have so you are telling me that you are going to make a decision on how the rest 95% of your life is going to go based on how many percents? Okay, let me even increase it. Your children will be fine. If you marry somebody, fine. 10%. I mean, look at my girls now. That your pastor is handsome. That's just for me to see, not for you to agree. Yeah. <laughs> let me know if I'm good there. <laughs> I'm just thinking of so many stories. But <laughs> well, let me know if I'm good there. So you're going to make a decision that will affect 95, 90% of your life based on 5%. There is nothing about the shape of a girl's hips or the level of somebody's beard. And I don't have issues with beard gang. <laughs> that will just tell you by prophecy, this person is going to be a good husband. Like you just know when you see them, you are just deceiving yourself. <laughs> so, attraction is important. It's what? I will lie to you, but my husband is not ugly. I will pretend. But it's not the most important thing. It's not. 5%, pata pata, 10%. And if the person's character is so bad, after a while, the looks will not even be annoying you. Please, go for character. Love is not attraction. Love is not attraction. There are days, see, let me just tell you. First, I just want to let you all know that 90% of the girls here, this is not their real hair. Don't ask me if I'm among. So you can already just know that that your 5% is reducing. Because by the time you see them, there are some of them that live with me. <laughs> by the time you see them without makeup, that case is different. I don't know, Vicky, they will not know you are the one. Now you are laughing. <laughs> Sorry, I love you. Including I myself. I don't look like, I don't wake up like this. I've put myself aside too. I, even. <laughs> I don't wake up like this. So if you are going to choose based on looks alone, you are in for trouble. Because love is not attraction. Love is a commitment. Love is a decision. And so you must choose somebody who has that same mindset. Praise the name of Jesus. Ha! Spark! Will only attraction only be responsible for like ten percent of your marriage, and when the going gets sore, you might even forget that one. Praise the name of Jesus. So maturity is what you should look out for. Discipline, staying power, because somebody says it's no longer fun. I'm no longer feeling it. I'm not just feeling it. So you did this person. I'm not feeling it. The next person. I'm not feeling it. You did this one. I'm not feeling. Mm -mm. Calm down. There is no rule that says you must be in a relationship in life. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
There is no rule. See, now that you are single, take out time to know yourself and know what you want. Some of you feel like you are not complete until you are dating somebody. And it's not true. And it's that kind of desperation that makes you keep choosing the wrong person. Hence the results, all men are scum. Calm down. Get to know yourself. Somebody said something, an analogy that I, I, I really want to use now. He said, marriage is like choosing one TV station for the rest of your life. So if you are still a baby, you just, ah, like my daughter, you can't tell her anything. All those CBBs, Disney Junior. You can't argue with that, that choose a session for the rest of your life. And then you're not allowed to choose news. Because she's still a baby. Do you understand? Some of you guys, imagine if you chose when you were a child, cartoon. You would have missed all the Premier Leagues. <laughs> That's why there has to be maturity. And you don't date as a hobby. Dating is not a hobby. If you want a hobby, take up painting, writing. Music, sports. But when it comes to relationships, sit down and know yourself first. Know the direction your life is going to. Then you can now choose somebody who is also going in that same direction. Nobody just say this one, why are you going to Gombe? Okay, you look nice, I'll follow you. Why are you going to Kajana? Ah, your car is fine, let's go. When you know where you are going to, you can now carry somebody that is going in that same direction. Praise the name of the Lord. Ha, we are running out of time. Oh, hallelujah. So discipline is important. That's staying power. Name one thing you've achieved in your life without discipline. And don't say my figure. Some of you were born that way. We are the ones eating, we are the ones getting fat. Just. Oh, we are the ones eating, we are the ones getting fat. So that one does not count. One thing in your life you have done without discipline. Then why do you think relationships will be any different? Why? Many times in that first year of a dating relationship, and sometimes even in marriage, all the butterflies are there. It doesn't require much work. It doesn't require maintenance like a new car. It doesn't really require... But many times after the first year, you start feeling like you're not feeling it. What you need to do is to now work on it. So for dating relationships, I've realized that if you can get through that first year, work on your issues, really get to know each other and oil the machine of love very well, you will now grow together. Such couples end up getting married. It's also at that stage that some also break up. So in dating relationship, even though you are entering that relationship in, with, with the um, intention that I want to marry this person, there is a reason why you have not married that person immediately. It's so that you can get to know each other and figure out if you work. And this is towards the end of my notes, but I think I might not have the time, so let me mention it here. The fact that a relationship did not work does not mean you failed in life. What did I say? People at the back, did you hear me? Can we go again? The fact that a relationship did not work does not mean you failed in life. There are some relationships where, and I'm talking about dating relationships, not marriage. There are some relationships where the most productive day of that relationship was the day they said, I'm not doing again. Like, that was the only thing that made sense since they've been dating. Bye-bye. That's all. Please, as much as it's beautiful to be dating someone, to be in love, sometimes it's a breakup that will save your life. 
Some of us need to stay and work it out. Some of us need to say, this one is not going to work. And you need to be honest with yourself. Don't say, ah, everybody in church knows we are dating. It will be a scandal. Oh, yeah, stay because of everybody in church. Because you see, when you get married, we'll all be at the aisle wearing your ring for you. Then we will not follow you to your husband's house. Then we will not be in a marriage with you sharing your son's name. What do people say is the most foolish reason to do anything in life? And permit me, and I'm sorry I'm being hard on you, but it's important. Because sometimes it's Christians that need to do some mumu things. I know it's not a real English word, but I want you to get what I'm saying. Praise the name of Jesus. Have you forgotten where I am in this note now? So, relationships are important. Um, <sighs> discipline is important. Do you understand? And um, another myth that people always talk about is that submission is slavery. So last week, I said something in Lagos Church. I, was, I said um, that you should choose somebody you can submit to as a woman because a man is a leader in a relationship. And sometimes may not always be deserving of submission. And they now posted it like that on Twitter. You know Twitter people now. No, not everybody has a job, but data is free. It's not free, but I don't even know. They shall, you should have license to use it, whether or not you have sense generally. <laughs> and so it was like, so if he's beating me, I should stay. No, 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 no. I didn't say that though. Even for married people, I don't encourage people to stay in abusive, physically abusive marriages. I don't encourage it. Because you are staying because of what people will say. That's by the way. When you die, they will still talk. Why did she not live? Praise the name of Jesus. But this idea that submission is slavery is something that I want to address. And then we'll move on. Ephesians 5.21, it says, Submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord. So first of all, we see that as believers... Hey, we're almost out of time. First of all, we see that as believers, there's a level of submission that's important. Submitting ourselves to one another. So when the usher says, sit here, praise the name of Jesus. When somebody says, let's stand up and pray. When they say we have a meeting. When they say, let's come early. That level of submission, do you understand, is important. And even in a marriage, there are some things that your, your wife will be good at. And you say, okay, why don't you lead in this area? Praise the name of Jesus. But generally, when it comes down to it in a marriage relationship, the man is the head. And... Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So, in case you were confused about what submission is, when you look at what Christ did, don't me it's coming to give me time. Okay, no. When you look at what Christ did, when you look at the example used, it changes everything for you. Because the person you are saying, that, that they are saying you should um, follow as an example is somebody who died for his bride. How many masters die for slaves? How many? So even though your role as a man is an honorable role, it's a huge responsibility. Praise the name of Jesus. And when you see it that way, it helps your relationship. You say, ah, she cannot submit, she cannot submit. My job is just to love her. There's no just there. It's a lot of work. Praise the name of Jesus. I think I talk about this in this time. I'm just going to skip. But submission is not slavery. Do you understand? The fact that I'm not president of Nigeria does not mean that I'm less in Nigeria than Buhari is. doesn't mean that my own passport is now pink. Do you understand? Ah, God, I promised myself I will not rush. 
and we're only like halfway. But let me, let me just quickly go forward. Another thing is wrong information. Before I mention wrong perceptions, wrong information. Social media is not the place for you to get your ideas about marriage. Different people have ideas about marriage and relationship. You go to the one whose idea it was in the first place, and that is Jesus Christ. His word is here for us, so his word is the basis of what we believe about love and marriage. Praise the name of Jesus. And after I, I love you, the next thing you must have is knowledge. Sometimes if you understand simple things as temperaments, there are some arguments you won't have in your relationship. Do you get? Guys, when was the last time you read a relationship book? If you're a guy. Um, sorry, that's not um, a general question. If you read a relationship book within the last five months, if you're a guy. Okay. If you're a girl. So usually the girls are more. I can't see everybody. So usually the girls are more. And it's, I was talking to somebody who is also a marriage counselor. She was talking about how, first of all, you don't really want to take marriage advice from your wife. Because generally men can be like that. But even the things that you should take advice from, the books you should read, the seminars you should, you should listen to, you're not listening to them. So knowledge is very, very important. See, there are two things people will advise you that they have no business advising you. When you are married and when you have a child, you will get unsolicited advice from different places. So you must make sure that you focus on the one that's important. Praise the name of Jesus. Please. Because sometimes you even have parents who don't have a good home, but they want to be the ones to tell you how to run your home. So you must go to the world and you must go for good examples. Praise the name of Jesus. Another thing I'm going to mention, lack of mentorship. I want them in Lagos because when we came to Abuja, like two or three people who had never spoken to me before said, you don't know me, but I'm dating somebody who is a member of your church. The person broke up with me. Come and help me beg. And that was my first time of hearing from them. And my own is bad enough because I'm just pastor's wife. But they were not messaging pastor. I come and help us beg. See, mentorship is important in a relationship. It's very important. It's not when everything has scattered. And if everything has scattered and you need someone to talk to, I'm there. Do you understand? But you don't have to wait until then. Do you get? So many times, lack of mentorship is the reason why many relationships are going haywire. Because nobody knows you guys are dating. It's a secret thing. And while I'm not all for letting everybody in the world know, there are some people that you should be accountable to. Somebody say accountability. So I'm talking about discretion, not privacy. So it doesn't have to be an everybody knows thing, but some people should know. When it's a secret relationship, more often than not, that's when sex now enters. When it's a secret relationship, that's when the person is beating you can't talk because pastor doesn't even know in the first place. Praise the name of Jesus. So, if you don't get advice from outside, because you love this person, the person will begin to do things that naturally you will not agree with, but love has clouded that part of your brain. When you, your relationship has a level of mentorship, your mentor is not in love with the person, so they can see things clearly. Do you understand what I'm saying? So very, very, very important. You have a role to play, and I think it's important. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourself for the watch over your souls, and, and they must give account. Praise the name of Jesus. We're almost running out of time. Praise the name of Jesus. The next thing I want to talk about is sex. Somebody say sex. Yeah, some people want to wash their ears. It's anointing oil. Say sex. So, <laughs> very good. And many times when we hear about sex in churches, don't do it. Like, 
Ha! Don't do it. And then, you know, nowadays nobody really wants to use the word fornication. Because it sounds so sinful. <laughs> so use words like, are you guys physical? Are you, what's the other word? Are you doing it? Are you intimates? Intimates. Are you, are you guys like sleeping together? Please, not the best of us. I say fornication. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Corinthians six eighteen says, "Free fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without his body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body." Praise the name of Jesus. And the reason why I can talk about this is because as a man in Christ, sin is not something that you can't help but do. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have the Holy Ghost. So sin is under your feet. Yesterday when you fell, it may not have seemed like it. But I want to let you know that it's still under your feet. The same God who is powerful enough to forgive your past is also powerful enough to keep you from sinning. So yes, you are forgiving. But more than being forgiving, you are empowered to do good works. You are no longer just worried about works because you are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. And that's a consciousness I want you to have. Because sex was not the devil's idea. It was God's idea. In, in Genesis 2, it says the man and his wife were naked and they were not ashamed. And God was like, uh-huh. Not, it was not like what you mean. That's weird. But it was his idea. Like he actually wanted you to enjoy sex. It's not something the devil has. Sex is not the forbidden fruits. It's just the delayed one. It's yours, but you just have to wait a while. Why? Because God has designed that you do it in the context of marriage. Sex is beautiful. And it's not, it's not a secret word that we should not mention in church. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just something that you have to wait for. And God is not asking you to wait because he wants to punish you. He's asking you to wait because he wants you to be able to express yourself in, a, in the safe context of marriage for your sake. You say, I was there. We'll get married. You can't know you're going to marry somebody until you've married them. There are marriages that have broken up just the day before. So you can't know until you guys have said I do and you are there and the way they are smiling. <laughs> and God is not against you having fun. And you know, one guy said, I have to share this joke even though we are out of time now. Because we are taking questions today. And one guy said, ah, so men will go to hell fire because they are having sex and they are lying their wife to be on top. Don't imagine that. And they are lying their wife to be on top. When God said that they should be the head and not, that, should, that the man is supposed to be the head of the woman. And so, so he did video, Rema. And he said, such people will go to hellfire. No, no, no. You know, <laughs> you missed the entire point. So God actually does want you to have sex. But within the context of marriage, for your sake. And he's, he's not crazy. He does, he's, not, he's not like, ah. You can't do it, so just manage pornography, manage masturbation till you get there. Can I give you a shocker? When you use pornography and masturbation to replace sex before marriage, it's not going to disappear in marriage. We've had couples who would now prefer to watch porn than sleep with their spouses because that's what they were doing when they were single. Do you guys understand? So if you have an issue with that, I have a free ebook on that. 
um, habits notes that I can share with you. It's on my website, Lajirin.com. You can um, download it for free. Praise the name of Jesus. We have to round off now. Have I told you that if your relationship fails, it's not your fault? It's not, it doesn't mean you failed in life. All right. I want to also let you know that God loves you. Whether your heart has been broken, he loves you. And whether you are single, he loves you. Praise the name of Jesus. And if you are in a relationship, he loves you. And he doesn't just want that love to end with you knowing it. He wants you to express it in the way you treat that person that you are with. See, let your love for that person find expression in the love of God that has been expressed to you. The same way God loves you, let, let, let that love find expression in that relationship. I'll be faithful, not simply because she deserves it or he deserves it, but because God himself was faithful to me, even in my unfaithfulness. I'll be kind, because when I did not deserve it, God was kind to me. We'll have a sexually pure relationship, because I understand that this person's body is a temple of living God, just like mine. I'll be forgiving. And you must also be wise enough to know when to forgive and walk away. It's a dirty relationship. So if something is detrimental to you in the long term, you don't have to hold a grudge against that person. You can forgive and say, but being together will not work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Say, God loves me. So please, I'm going to take some questions. Now, talk for me, where are you? I don't want us to sit down and do introduction. Go and bring chairs so that we can take, we can, um, we can take questions because we have to round off shortly. Praise the name of Jesus. And I want you to say the love of God controls me. Some of us are sleeping. Say the love of God controls me. I handle my relationship with wisdom. I choose wisely as led by the Holy Ghost. I have grace to maintain a sexually pure relationship. I'm teachable. I'm forgiving. I'm discerning. I will have a glorious home with no regrets. My partner and I will bring out the best in one another. We will build a home that glorifies God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So for me, come and ask questions. Sorry, out of time. That's why I'm not making it very dramatic. And so what I've decided to do is to still sell my two-in-one novel at pre-order price. So it's supposed to be 2500 but it's going to go today for 2100 Praise the name of Jesus. So be sure to get yours. Um, and then there are some questions in this place. Come close now. They will not think we are fighting. Oh, let me come. They have been answered in my book, Data Intelligently. So I think when she asks those ones, I will just skip. And then you try and get the book if you cannot, or you can borrow someone's own. But they are both available for sale. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. How many of us were blessed? Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Um, so I'm just going to start from almost the last point you made. Okay. Um, someone is asking regarding submission. Okay. So she says, I don't want to change my name after marriage. Okay. Should that be an issue? Is that a sign that I'm not submissive? Does the Bible mandate Hallelujah. me to do that? Praise the Lord. I think it's a, part, it's a discussion that you and your partner should have. Do you get me? I wanted to change my surname because my surname is long. My old surname was long. Sorry, Daddy. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a discussion you and your partner should have um, before you get married. Do you understand? And then you should be open because a discussion doesn't mean you are telling him. So you should, if, if indeed you are submissive, 
you should be open to him not agreeing. Do you understand? But it's a discussion you guys can both have. It doesn't mean that she's not submissive if the guy is here. Do you understand? But it's a discussion you guys should have. I can't answer that. It has to be between both of you. Your approach when bringing it up is also important. Do you understand? And then your reasons as well. Thank you, PL. Thank you. Um, the other question is, must I have confirmation from God to be with someone, though we are compatible and okay together? Two words. State intelligently. If you read the book, if you've read the book, you won't ask the question. I'll be Vicky, if they've read the book, you won't ask the question. Many times you may or may not have a supernatural conviction. But I always say that the supernatural nature of your meeting is not as important as your commitment to making it work. Some people will see a dream and a vision and a relationship will not work because they're not committed to it. Do you understand? So if you have a peace about it, sometimes, please read the book <laughs> because of time. The next is, what do you do when you feel you heard God concerning a relationship or a man? Mm. And nothing seems to be happening. He doesn't ask you out. In this era of shooting your shots and whatnot, what do you advise? Okay, well, generally I don't advise ladies to ask guys out. And then if you've read it intelligently, you also may not have asked this question. But generally, somebody said, imagine you go to, you see an antelope chasing a hunter. He <laughs> 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 will just run. So sometimes it's okay to be available to be approachable, to be friendly. But please, if the guy doesn't like you like that, there's no need putting your head that God said he's your spouse. If you read Dating Intelligent and if you listen to my message, Dating Intelligent, you get the idea. The person too must also like you because even with somebody that you like, marriage is hard. Talking of the wonder, nothing. It's just you feel God said. And don't block your website. Like, don't now, be, don't, don't now be blocking your website from guys that are actually interested and actually good guys because of somebody that's... Hmm. Read the book. Next question. Is it wise to continue a relationship or go ahead with marriage when your partner's family are not in support because of culture? Ha! This guy said, I'll be out of this. He's very strong. Ha! Please, if you are the person, talk to me after... Um, this, this, I can't answer that generically for a lot of reasons because I want to be a responsible pastor. So I have to answer that personally. Let's talk because every situation can be different. The next is how can you stop sex? That's a good question. Um, first of all, I think you start by downloading my habits notes. It's on adrian.com. It's a free ebook. Um, and then if you listen to Sex and Other Drugs by Pastor Erin and Le Recalibrates, and then, the way this person put the question, you can see the desperate plea. So what I want to also let you know that is that some things, I've talked with habits before, maybe not a specific one, but some things I process. In other words, it may not always stop all of a sudden, but you must begin to count your victories. And the more you count your victories, the more you look back and say, ha, it's been a very long time, do you understand? But if you fall once, and you're now wallowing the guilt that I feel like I'll never be good, the thing about guilt, when it's not God's guilt, when it's not guilt with a sense of, but I have the Holy Ghost and I will overcome this, is that it makes you fall even more. That's why you see that some people, they eat too much. The day they now try to diet and they fail at dieting and they eat something more, they now, they now um, commiserate by eating even more. And so sometimes when you fall and you've tried to overcome a habit, don't fall for that trap of you've already done it, so it doesn't matter if you do it again. 
Do you understand? So, understand that some things require a process, and then accountability is also very important. Accountability is very important. Some other times, so you need to cut off some communications. You know that anytime you go to this girl's house, something must happen. Stop going there. Stop saying, I'm strong. The Bible says you should flee. Not stay there and pray in tongues. Flee. I was saying in Lagos, I said, if you don't flee some situations, child, the devotion will be playing. You can be having sex there. I, I want you to understand what I'm saying. You can, yes, they can be praying in tongues if you don't flee some situations. Because the thing about sex is that it's a matter of timing. Your body was designed to respond to somebody else's body. So, if it happens today, you are not married, it's a sin. If it happens tomorrow, and you are married, it's not a sin. Do you understand? So it's not about killing the desire. Do you get? But knowing how to manage it until marriage. Do you get? But let's, let's talk about it and let's pray together. And understand that it's a process. Thank you, Pastor Raju. Um, the next question here says, he's not violent or abusive. When he's joking with me, he said stuff like, I'll blow you. Ah. He makes me uncomfortable because of the imminence of domestic violence. I think you should get to know the person. I would like, I'm not saying you should, somebody saying you should run. But I think it's nice to get to know the person. I don't know, my husband says something jokingly. He says, if I, if I give you blue. I don't know if he tells me, but I know he says it a lot. And he has never, ever, ever, and I know my husband will never, ever abuse me physically. And I, even that, if I give you blue, I used to tell my daughter, she's not said repeating it after me, so I don't even tell her. He said, mom, if I give you, so I don't tell her. <laughs> So, it depends. If you've seen the person actually slap somebody else before, mm-hmm, that's a sign. Do you understand? But I think you should get to know the person. Talk to their family members, friends, find out. Do you understand? And just watch. Then you will now know whether it's just a joke. And then if it makes you uncomfortable, bring it up. And if it makes you uncomfortable and you keep bringing it up and the person still keeps saying it, that's also a red flag. Hey. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so please read data intelligently. If somebody is not saved, you guys are not of the same nature. So it's not just an issue of behavior, it's an issue of, issue of nature. But if you read data intelligently, you have your answer. The Bible says that you should not be unequally yoked to unbelievers. And it doesn't matter. See, when it comes to faith, it's not about behavior, it's about what? nature the purpose of your life is christ if somebody else doesn't understand that like i don't even know how my life would be if i was somebody who wasn't christ-centered like where would i start from do you understand like when i as in me that i'm just so christ everything you not be with somebody that is the most important person to you but doesn't understand your true first love how do you handle that and then when it comes to catholicism um it depends on a lot of factors sometimes you meet somebody in school in a, in a fellowship where you both believe in charismatic ministry, speaking in tongues, but at home, she may be a she that attends maybe Catholic church. That's a totally different scenario. But I think that if you're going to choose somebody who you spend the rest of your life with, it's the same, those criteria that have to do with choosing a good church, like charismatic ministry, should also be, do you understand, involved, especially if you are a lady. As a lady, You've been coming to Celebration Church. How are you going to cope with going to a church where they don't speak in tongues? Where the word of God is not taught as it's taught here? So, really it's up to you. But when it comes to mind and unbeliever, that's a no-no. But when it, comes to, when it comes to doctrine, I think doctrine is very important. But sometimes you are with somebody that is teachable, 
you might be able to work it out. And it also depends on whether or not you're a guy or a girl. If you're a guy, you marry somebody who attends Catholic Church because her parents attend. When you marry her, you bring her here. She becomes our yahoo. We don't have problem. But then you now want to carry money from Celebration Church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. So two things. You are being, you are being very realistic because first of all, my only like serious relationship, and then I married him. So cool. So you are being realistic. However, it doesn't necessarily have to be, have to be cast in stone because when you cast it in stone like that, two things are going to happen. You might be involved with somebody who. A very bad word just came to mind. But who you should not marry at all. But because you've told yourself that I must date the person I marry. And you know you're one of those people that feel, if the relationship fails, are failed. You may now end up being stuck with somebody that you should never have been married to in the first place. Do you understand? Even when, when in situations where maybe somebody makes a mistake and gets pregnant for a guy. And I don't know who might need this here. I, would, I don't advise you to rush into marriage. Do you understand? Because marriage, you think it might fix what you call a temporary problem. But if not for that pregnancy, will you be, would you have chosen this person to spend the rest of your life with? Do you understand? So, really, yeah. let me, let's rush. Okay. How should a guy who is ready for a relationship but have more than one prospect who meets his criteria go about making the right choice? Um, please, can we package our offerings as, as, I, as we answer the final questions? And then if you have your titles, also package them too. Okay, so he likes to, he has. Okay, I'm going to tell you something very, very deep now. Which one do you like? <laughs> and which one likes you? And uh, which one do you like more? And which one likes you? Um, and then I'm not asking you to now start toying with both their feelings and doing to boot to boot mescalaba. No. <laughs> Sorry, I can't believe I just said that. But just spend time with them on a friendship basis. Do you understand? Figure out the one that is more in line with um, where you feel your life is going. And figure out the one that actually likes you. Because it's not impossible that none of them might like you. You understand? It's not impossible. Figure out the one that actually likes you and the one you like. And then even when you do that, commitments commitment is so important because you might like two of them one of them does not like you now go for the one you like then later the one that did not like you before now comes to like you and i feel you on top of the world don't be like that so commitment and really which one do you like praise the name of jesus thank you for listening we are sure that you have been blessed for inquiries reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000 Blessings